Hello, and welcome to Crane Kick Commentaries. As always, my name is Jake Del Mastro, and, as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. What's up? You gonna do some, uh, some office space? Some office space. Yeah, that song is, uh, I was gonna ask, who, who's that song by? What is that song? Uh, that is, the, the song is called Mambo Number no. 8. And, oh, that's, uh, that's number eight. Yeah, sorry, uh, who is the... I had the uh, artist here. It is by Perez Prado. Perez Prado, Mambo number eight. That's actually one of the Or is that Perez? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that's the, I didn't actually look into the music very much for this movie, but that song is such a... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great song for the scene that it's in. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. scene is just such a great... Because it's just so, it's so upbeat, so fun. Such a great yeah. way to start the episode, and it's a good way to start the movie. Exactly, yeah. And then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, that scene. I guess we could talk about it. We'll talk about it a bit more later. But um, should we? Uh, what, well, do you want to give us a little rundown of the film we're talking about today? Yeah. So we are doing the 1999 cult classic, uh, Office Space. Hells, yeah. Uh, so this is a film by uh, directed by and written by, I guess, Mike Judge. Yeah, um, and acted in by. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a film about a guy who who works for a sort of tech sort of company uh working on banking software and he really hates his job yeah so one day he just decides he's gonna stop doing his job he's not gonna quit he's just gonna stop working <laughs> like and the, the reason uh, that he I, stops is such it's just such a great concept like i don't know if it like well the they kind of question whether or not it's what actually happened but yeah the, as it's written at the time it's such a great concept just like he's put into a a, a state of hypnosis yeah exactly just dies yeah so yeah okay so he goes to a hypnotist <laughs> and then the hypnotist dies while hypnotizing him and then from there on out he he just makes this decision that he's going to just stop working yeah cuz he doesn't like he's it he's just not going to do gonna... anything He's not gonna do it because he doesn't want to. He just doesn't doesn't feel like it. Um, so this escalates um, to the point where he finds out that his friends are being fired from their job, and they do stuff, and he is being promoted, and he doesn't do anything. Yeah, kind of. That's like he cre- he gets sort of um, morally tested. Yeah. Let's so say. he 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 decides that that because of this injustice, injustice. Sorry. Yeah. He 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 is going to to steal from the company. Yeah. Well, they they're an evil company. Although they're, it's they're never an evil actually, corporation. It's never really gone into much detail what they do. Is it? Yeah. All that I know is they work on banking software. Yeah. And they update it for the year two thousand bug, which is a very timely reference. So that you know exactly when this movie is made. Yes, it it dates this movie to almost the day, really. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he decides to steal from the company, but they're gonna do it in a really clever way, where they're gonna steal like pennies off the dollar on every transaction that they do somehow. In a like in re- Superman anyway. three. Exactly, just like in Superman three. <laughs> <laughs> However, 
uh, they later find out that uh, they made a mistake, and they stole three hundred thousand well, dollars. Michael which was way Bolton more than... made a mistake. Yeah, Michael Bolton, <laughs> his friend who just happens to have the same name as you know pop star Michael Bolton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, Michael Bolton made a mistake, and they end up stealing $300,000 in a 24-hour period. And they think, they figure, well, somebody's probably going to notice. One would assume. And so, yeah, so they <laughs> they basically, uh, you know, they figure, well, maybe we can launder the money, <laughs> or maybe yeah. we can, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they eventually figure, okay, well, yeah, um, Peter, who's the main character, decides, okay, you know, I'm just going to turn myself in. I did it. And then in a sort of deus ex machina, the office burns down, destroying all the evidence. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, maybe, yeah. later. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he's free. <laughs> and yeah, and that's, it's all uphill from there. He doesn't get the money, though. No, well, he doesn't get the money. Yeah. No. Um... Someone gets the money, but yes, somebody him. gets it. Not him. No. But should we just get into some some basic facts? Like, there's a lot to yeah, unpack sure. in this movie. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to all of it. Um, yeah, like definitely just summarizing the movie doesn't really like explain what it's about. No, because yeah, like, well, should we do initial thoughts actually before we do? Basic yeah, I think facts? we'll we'll do some initial thoughts first. Yeah. That's probably yeah. that's probably wise. Do you want to start, or I can start whatever you want? Yeah, I'll start. So, like, I quite enjoy this movie. <laughs> I think it's, it's really funny. Like, it really captures the, um, uh, <laughs> just the feel of, you know, being in, like, a job that you really fucking hate. Yeah, that's like, totally true. Um, yeah. I, personally, I, I found this is very relatable because I, for one summer, I worked for a bank <laughs> and, uh, I, it was basically like, it reminded me a lot of this movie, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, I was going to say that's, I think that's why it's so good as well, because it it does, it <laughs> is written about an office, which is a, is a environment that I have never worked in, but mm-hmm. the sentiment of, <laughs> hating what you're doing so much yeah. at that moment transcends the actual environment i think and exactly I think it's carry it's it's done so well in this movie that it like whether or not you've actually worked in an office mm-hmm. you feel it and you you yeah. totally understand yeah and just like it's pretty good i like it um i think a lot of people can relate to it um, yeah do you think it 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 holds together for the whole movie like I know the last movie we we're talking about, Pineapple Express, we said yeah, it definitely goes off the rails a bit there. Um, I mean, what, what would this you movie say? doesn't go off the rails as much as it could have? Yeah, because I mean, they they allude to like the idea of him like going on an office shooting spree, but that doesn't happen, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't have aged as well if I think if that was the No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah. I, I, I think it was it was done it was done well. I don't think it really I think it it never really goes over the over the top, you know what I mean? No. It 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 It's it a very brushes. sensible escalation. 
yes, it brushes the line at one point, but I wouldn't say that it 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 crosses it. Yeah. <laughs> I think this movie's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll talk about it more because of I love Mike Judge so much. Mm-hmm. But it, I do understand why this movie may have not performed as well at the box office. Yeah. Um like uh, you were kind of saying like it it doesn't it doesn't sort of commute like the basic idea of the movie doesn't communicate how good it is. Yeah. Yeah, like, like yeah, as you were just saying like just just discussing the plot of the movie. It's just it sounds cuz it's like, really okay, it's sure. just sort of the feel that it captures I think is what makes it so good. It's the atmosphere exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I hadn't I totally forgot. I haven't watched the trailer. Um I meant to do that. Um but I was thinking and I wrote this down that I can't imagine how you would make a trailer for this film. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's just not really that like how do you sell that in like a trailer? It's not possible really. Um, yeah. But well, I, I mean, kinda... you know, maybe maybe this kind of um communicates how like, you know, the I the way of films have been marketed previously might not be perfect for every kind of film. Yeah, exactly. It shows yeah. you that it's really a business. <laughs> No, but I mean, I think this is also interesting because it's like, you know, I think that's partially what makes this movie sort of age a little bit better is because it's sort of, uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix right now, but uh, it's it's the kind of movie that you would is, be yeah. like, you would be scrolling through Netflix and you're like, oh, let me check that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, def- I first saw this movie because like there was just a DVD of it in my house floating around and mm. eventually I was just like, all right, let's see what that is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can't remember when I first saw it. I think I saw it on TV or something like that. Yeah, well, that's I think where a lot of this movie's like, because uh, we'll get into a second like the box office, but like it, it like it definitely had a bit of a resurgence on the TV uh, and home video market. Um, yeah, but I found just going back quickly to the to the trailer, I found a a, a great quote from Mike Judge after I was thinking about that um, that he had said. Uh, when talking about its lack of box office success and he was questioned on whether or not it was a failure of marketing, uh, he said, that was a hard one to cut a trailer from, especially I think <laughs> you could now, but it's a weird movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you just have to watch the movie, I think. Yeah. is the thing. It's like, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how, that's kind of how cult movies kind of happen. Yeah, exactly. Is it's like yeah, you could make a trailer for it now, but I think it would only work as a trailer be like because you you'd know what's what it's alluding to. Yeah, like if you just show like a bunch of scenes of people working in an office, that seems really fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, like and like you know you cut from the scene of him at the beginning being upset with his job, then you cut to scene with him maybe making a joke when he's in the room with the bobs. Anyway, well, I'm going yeah. way further into this than needs to be gone into, but I think it's just a, a funny thought. Yeah, it's um, it's untrailerable. Yeah. Uh, um, Mike Judge, who we've mentioned a couple times, we'll talk about him yeah, a Yeah, have more. we said basically who he is, what people might know him from? Y- y- no, we have not, but... Yeah, okay, so you may or may not know Mike Judge if you have seen Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill. We mentioned... Um, uh, Silicon Valley before, yeah, exactly. creator of all of those shows. Yeah, and he did it. There's a couple of other movies which we, we might briefly discuss, but he 
he's known for Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Those are his yeah. his opuses, I think. Um mm-hmm. and Office Space. Um of yeah. course I think it fits in there. Um but Office Space is the first foray uh of Mike Judge into live action film. Um he directs we said he directs, right? He 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 writes. He wrote I, okay, the whole let me movie. just double check this: that he is actually the director of this movie, because I just kind of assumed. Yeah. Yeah, director Mike Judge, writer Mike Judge. Yeah. Yeah, he so he directs, he writes, he produces, and he acts in this movie because he's a tour de force, and I love him. Uh, yeah. But we'll talk about him in more detail a little bit later on. So, Office Space, as we mentioned, the budget. It was a it was a low budget, which is still impressive that it managed to bomb. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it was made on a budget of ten million dollars. Yeah, uh, but like I mean, even that, like you kind of look at this movie and you're like, where did those ten million dollars go? Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> it's like, like you've got. Uh, it doesn't uh, seem like. I mean, maybe the fire at the end was like their whole budget. Honestly, yeah, like special yeah. effects at the end, maybe <laughs> yeah. like. I don't know. Jennifer Aniston was making a lot of money for Friends at that's, that point. But that's true. So she might, it, was she in much like many films before this? No, this was she. I mean, she. I think she had made an appearance in one or two, but this she right. not in a lot of films. But like, obviously, mm. Friends was this was nineteen ninety nine. Oh, yeah, huge. Friends. Yeah, this was, was already, like she was making like yeah. almost a million dollars per episode up by this point. Something like that. Right. I mean, by late Friends, she was making over a million per episode. I don't really know about. Well, yeah. When did Friends, I think it was 94 or something. It, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly, I think it was mid-90s. But it only pulled in, so yeah, budget of 10 million, it only pulled in 12 million in the theaters. Yeah, um, that's brutal. Yeah, that is, that is pretty brutal. What else came out in 1999, I'm just thinking, like, because like if I saw, like if I went into a theater in 1999 and I saw these other movies and I saw Office Space, which one would I go to is the point. Um, Titanic, I think, came out in 99. Yeah. That was a big one. Uh, I had a list of it earlier. I think I've closed that since. Uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, Phantom Menace. <laughs> I remember... Which, you I... know, you would go see and then be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, well, I was... I checked the... Um, I don't remember exactly which movies that came Toy out. Toy Story 2. But I checked in the month of February, because it came out February 19th, I think. Um, yeah. The Matrix? I checked... I checked um, for the month of February in um, 1999, uh, Office Space was 17th in box office. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. And that's yeah. including films <laughs> that... like that didn't even open that month, right? <laughs> like the yeah. films that were running from from yeah from January or December. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> But yeah, since since it's become kind of a defining, uh, what's the word, pillar of no, not exactly, of Mike Judge's career, I think it's like it's it's highly uh, highly praised. I think. Yeah, like I don't think I've I've ever talked to somebody who didn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, seriously, or like even like read a review of somebody. I wonder what Roger Ebert said about it. He probably didn't like it. Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, <laughs> Roger Ebert gave the film three stars out of four. Okay, so not oh, bad. Okay, out of four. Yeah, that's not he bad. He says, treats his characters like cartoon creatures. That yeah. works. Nuances of behaviors are not necessary because in the crucible of every personality trait is magnified. And 
the captives stagger forth like grotesques. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, bit's that's a bit much, but the first bit's pretty insightful. Yeah, he's he's about right, I'd say, you know. Yeah. I would yeah. say I would give this this probably objectively, yeah, three stars out of four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's about I mean, right. I I've never liked the four star system. I've never thought it's enough. Yeah, no, I I I mean stars rating movies system. in general is kind of like silly. Or not it's, silly. It's 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 um fraught with difficulty. It's what's the word? I've there's a word I've been looking for a lot lately and I can't seem to find it. It's like it's not superfluous, but it's something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um so I've mentioned a couple of times how much I like Mike Judge. Yeah, um, yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me say one more time how much I like Mike Judge. And that's like I don't love every like I'm not like a Mike Judge fan in the sense that like I lit I like I love everything he's done, but I do I like everything he's done that I've seen. But mostly that's <laughs> King of the Hill. Right, um, yeah. I actually haven't seen that much of King of the Hill. I I am a, a huge King of the Hill fan. I think it it might not be for everyone, but in my opinion it it's uh perhaps only rivaled by the Simpsons as like the best satirical right. work of that period. And right. Although the Simpsons I suppose has since become diluted. <laughs> yeah, well the Simpsons I think I think if you're gonna critically this is the dumbest sentence I've ever said, but <laughs> Okay, go for I it. I think if you're gonna critically analyze the Simpsons <laughs> It's probably wise to just like stick with the first ten seasons. Okay. I think fifteen. I'll give you fifteen. Okay. I'll give you twenty. How many fucking seasons are there? They're like, in like they're I guess all, like I, a I guess it's still going, isn't it? Yeah. So. They're in like their thirty fifth season or something? Uh thirty two. Thirty two. Thirty second season. That's insane. Like what is the yeah. point, honestly? Why are they I guess because like because it's they they made it so far already. Yeah, <laughs> you know? tons of tons of people are still getting paid for it. So why the fuck yeah. not keep yeah. trying? And I guess if people are yeah. still tuning in, yeah, which honestly baffles me. Anyway, we're, I'm getting I'm getting off track here. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I was trying to trying to get you back on. I'm sorry. But... I'm passionate about <laughs> '90s cartoons. Apparently, um, yep. So, Mike Judge. He uh, he had a pretty fucking interesting career, I think. As far as I, I would agree, yeah. As far as uh, Hollywood careers go, Southern California, or not even so- California careers, Southwestern. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I guess, yeah. Like, he he was born in uh in uh Ecuador, I think. Yes, because... yes, he was born in Ecuador. Because his parent, his father worked there for some reason, some sort of business reason. I don't remember. I didn't write that down. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because I didn't think it was not that important. But I don't think it's that important. But, but I could, I could check for you. It doesn't um, matter. He was raised in Albuquerque. His father it. was an archaeologist. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but he was raised mostly in Albuquerque. Okay. Um, and that's where he uh, is. Where is uh, King of the Hill set? It's in New Mexico, right? No, it's set in Texas. Texas, sorry. Okay. 
It's. I think he also spent. It's some that time. area, though. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> yeah. much. He said King of the Hill is very much based on uh, a lot of the people he knew growing up. Yeah. Um, God, it's such a good show. Um, <laughs> honestly, every time I think about it, I lose my fucking train of thought. Okay, I'll stop mentioning King of the Hill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I even like think I like I like purposefully while doing the research, I like blotted over that period. I like didn't look into it because I knew I just like. <laughs> get absorbed i mean we're talking mm-hmm. about it now um yeah okay moving on moving on um so mike judge he similarly to uh um to uh davy davy cronenberg yeah uh mike judge studied science in university um mm. the major difference though is that uh mike judge graduated with a bachelor of science and i believe david cronenberg transferred out in his first semester yes he did <laughs> yeah he didn't uh, he didn't finish so judge but judge graduated with a bachelor of science from the university of california i think it was physics he studied um yes he did the university of california uh san diego in 1985 he said though he had always wanted to work in animation and film and that was always his uh his uh passion um but because he was uh, he grew up in Albuquerque, he kind of felt disconnected from that kind of opportunity, which I kind of mm-hmm. understand. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty remote. I feel like what's what is there in Albuquerque? Yeah, I'm like trying to think. Like, I'm sure there's awesome history in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I just made an yeah. I, okay, so I this this I guess slightly relates to the the movie. Okay. But uh, interesting fact about Albuquerque that you may not know is that... Uh, I guarantee you I don't. Albuquerque is where Microsoft was founded. Oh. I'm, that might have been <laughs> in my brain somewhere, but that's hilarious. Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's, that's a funny. really weird fact, because I think they were in Albuquerque for, like, two years, maybe, or something like that, and yeah. then they moved to, like, Seattle. But like, <laughs> That's great. When was my, What year was that? 1975, I think. Okay, so... 1975, yeah. So Mike Judge would, would have been around. <laughs> he would have been around, yeah. So he went into the sciences because uh, a guidance counselor told him to. Um, and he said about that, quote-unquote, they pounded into us that if everyone would just get a degree in science, it would solve all the world's problems. Um, but did his guidance counselor ask him if he had a million dollars, what would he do? <laughs> I don't know if his guidance counselor asked him that. He doesn't say anything about that. But like, yeah, probably. I, mean, I I find that interesting because that was a line that was brought up a couple times in the movie. Yes. Um, well, was like, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? I would do nothing. And the, and the thing that you said is supposed to be what you do for a living. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would, Ron. Or and, I, and that's that's how uh, how Peter um, <laughs> Peter decides what he wants to do. Nothing. I would do absolutely nothing. <laughs> If he got a, if he had a million dollars, he would do absolutely nothing. And honestly, I can, I can, I can relate a little bit in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was that the, the line about uh, by his neighbor, Lawrence. Was yeah. Like, yeah, my cousin's unemployed and he doesn't do shit. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a million dollars to do not, to just sit on your ass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, it might sound a bit like pointless to like talk about his guidance counselor but i i feel like well no i think it's it's important because like how it relates to this movie exactly. because i definitely think like obviously it, it, if you know like anything about like mike judge like this movie is like so 
indicative of his personal experience. Yeah, I think the more you research his life, the more yeah. you realize this film is like autobiographical in a lot exactly. of ways. Exactly. <laughs> like he is Peter in a lot of ways. Yeah, in many ways. Um, I think the Hollywood, the big storyline, uh, is is was created for the Hollywood aspect, but just the atmosphere and the characters, like like Roger Ebert oh, said, yeah. the cartoon characters. Uh, like, I mean, I suspect that that he never, you know, stole three hundred thousand dollars from his employers, but I guess we don't know. I Maybe mean, the evidence I was burned. I suspect. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so so naturally. Uh, judge graduated with a degree in physics. Uh, he took several desk jobs as a mechanical engineer and a physicist. Obviously, hated it. Um, mm-hmm. He said, uh, do you want to read this quote? Okay, so he said, I once had a temp job alphabetizing purchase orders, which was soul-sucking torture. <laughs> yeah, that's a job that definitely no longer exists, or I hope it doesn't. What? Because like, what... you could do that with a computer, definitely. Yeah, like I'm trying to think, alphabetizing purchase orders. I feel like that's a one a one click thing in in whatever software you use for that nowadays. Yeah, that was what he. So he graduated in 1985. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so then he. Uh, but then he went over to Silicon Valley. Um, mm. Where he got a job. Yeah. At... So this this obviously informs like. Some other shows he's made. Some other shows he's done later yeah. on, perhaps. He worked at a company called Parallax Graphics. Do you know anything about them? I think I might have heard of them before, but not really. They did some some mundane graphics card something. I don't really know. Right. But it was a small okay. company. They said it was like 40 employees or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was a, it was a startup, and I think that's where he got a lot of his ideas, as you say, for for his show. Yeah. Um, he said, like, the people I met there were like Stepford Wives. They were true believers in something, and I don't know what that was. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> yeah, he said he was he was really put off by just the culture there. He didn't get it. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that quote is great. They're like, they believe they're big believers in something, but I didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, I've never actually worked for a startup Right. But I've, like, interviewed at a couple places and, like, been into their offices, and I can definitely feel that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah, I've never been anywhere near a startup, but, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's got that vibe, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, so Judge did not enjoy that vibe. Um, he worked, I think, at two different startups for three months, respectively but was so mm-hmm. put off by the culture, as you say, that he quit. Uh, and he became a working bass player um, <laughs> for a couple of years. Not really sure how that works. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was doing that, working on his bass playing chops for a like, while. what? <laughs> he, yeah, like, I he, mean... He sustained himself while going to graduate school. Yeah, working, I guess. And he was in several blues bands, most notably playing bass on the Anson Thunderbird and the Rockets 1990 album, Rack Em Up. Do you have... I may have that. <laughs> do you have a track, perhaps, from Mike, I do. Mike Judge's bass playing prowess? Walk right up to me, baby. Oh, you can hear him. There he is. Very steady. 
like a metronome. Exactly. And this is like the 80s. Yeah. Shit's not shady. edited, man. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 yeah, I think you get the you picture get the there. Picture, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> the bass playing uh, uh, chops of Mike Judge. Of Mike Judge. Yep. Uh, what do you think of uh, Anson Funderburg? All right. Yeah, it's like... You know, I mean, it doesn't like particularly stand out to me, but it's fine. <laughs> it's one of those albums, you know, I've got my i have this feeling a lot of times with a lot of albums where i'm like yeah that's i'm that's great that you did it but like like why did we like <laughs> we like i mean like do we really need you know it's just exactly like you know i, I don't know <laughs> I, i'm being like overly critical of 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 anson funderberg for no reason yeah but well i mean like one of the reasons why you make albums is so that you can like you know uh, show it to people. Yeah, I mean it was it's a it was a fine album and musically it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I like I listened to some of it while I was while I was putting yeah, this together. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know the bass playing is on point. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's just a weird little aside, aside. In, in Mike Judge's yeah. career. Um, so I suppose at this point, the question is. How uh, how did this blues bass player become the sole creative driving force behind a multi-million dollar 20th Century Fox film? Well, essentially, he just got a camera and started making films, and then <laughs> eventually sold them to MTV. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. actual answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beavis and Butthead is the reason that Mike Judge got to make Office Space. Um, yes, definitely. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this is one thing that, like, impresses me about Mike Judge is that, okay, so he's essentially been able to have three entirely different careers. Yeah, go on. <laughs> like, uh, no, it's just like, okay, he, you know, went to school and learned enough about physics and then didn't even, like, you know, do physics. He yeah. worked in computer um he was i think he was doing programming but um he might have been doing some kind of hardware design i'm not sure yeah but anyway he learned how to do that got good enough at that to like get a job in silicon valley a series of jobs that a series of jobs in silicon valley and then he was like nah that's not for me and then he became a bass player was (laughs) able to like you know be on some studio albums and support himself like financially which is a really difficult thing to do like yeah and then, then like, like people <laughs> try their whole fucking lives to do that <laughs> yeah i <laughs> know did that for a couple and then years. he's like no nah, i want to make a i want to like make a animation yeah and like this and whole then, time he's been going and to gr- like okay like make that's a really hard thing to do at the time, like, in the 80s. That's a hard thing to do now. Yeah, like, and it's much easier now, is yeah, the thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's easy now, comparatively. Um, yeah, so it's like... Yeah, that's... I. That's like, the, how do you even figure out in the 80s, like, how do I make an animation? That like, is, you go to the library? And like, who knows? Like that, that's one of the reasons I, I I respect Mike Judge so much. Like, and the, I know like, this whole time he's been going to graduate school and he's living in Dallas, I think. Yeah. Um, and he. Sorry, this is grad school in physics or whatever, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's still, he's still there, like kind of 
chopping away at it, but not really. Yeah. You know, he's he's looking for a way out. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, Gretzkel's no joke. Like, you know, like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's like, like, it's, it's like, how do you do this and go to grad school at the same fucking time? He He's on a different level creatively and, like... Yeah. I don't know. He's he's one of those people that are just, like, an enigma. Yeah. He's a renaissance man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you mentioned... Uh, he. So, what essentially the moment that he decided to just like quit grad school and just like go all in on like animation um was he uh he was attending an animation festival uh in dallas Mm -hmm. and there was a uh in one of the theaters there was like a display in the lobby where like one of the animators was like selling a bunch of their cells and stuff and Mm -hmm. um it like really humanized the industry to, yeah. to Mike Judge, I think. And he was like, oh man, like this is actually something I think is just kind of like he just saw, just needed to see that it was a route, you know? Yeah, it's like, this is something that I could do. This is like... So he literally just did it. He just like bought a yeah. camera and like started drawing and like producing and yeah. voice acting in like hilarious short animations. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but so he, 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 he basically Beavis and Butthead was like the first thing he did. Right, and then he he voiced both Beavis and Butthead. Well, so actually, interestingly, the one of the first things he did was a cartoon called Milton. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually I watched Milton. Uh, um. To. Uh, oh, you so found could you could prepare. found Milton. Yeah, I found it. I couldn't find Milton. Um. Okay. I, I don't know well, if he made multiple shorts, but I saw one of them. Um. I found a clip, but I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically, it's just, it's, there's, there's a lot of similarities between this movie. Like a lot of the lines, like, and stuff are straight from that. Yeah. Short. Like the, the, uh, the whole thing about the, the, uh, what was it? The desk? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially also the character, like Lumberg's entire character is essentially in that, like. Yeah, exactly. Milton well, I mean... is, so Milton is in that, who is a character in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like Milton, Milton's character, the desk thing, and Lumberg's like manner of speech, as you say, is pretty much yeah. It's our, all in that. It's all in the cartoon already. Um, but like yeah, yeah none of the characters, like uh, Peter or like none of the main characters or yeah. So like none plot. of the plot is in there, but like it's the same. <laughs> like a lot of the ideas. Yeah, are it's, there. it's the atmosphere is there. Yeah, definitely. These uh these short films did not uh rocket him to success. Um No, they did not. And now that's a deep cut reference because <laughs> I don't even think I mentioned actually that the the band he played for uh was called The Rockets with Anson Funderburg. It was Anson Funderburg and The Rockets. Oh, interesting. Actually, there might be another thing because uh, I seem to remember reading somewhere that one of the jobs that he did uh, was working on some kind of like rocket, um, like missile system. Oh, really? I did not know that. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. That's like even further. <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So yeah. So in 1992. Uh, Judge produced a short animation titled Frog Baseball. 
Right. So this is how Beavis and Butthead started, right? Yes. Yes. This yes. is the birth. I, I don't think I've actually seen this short. Oh, it's so funny. But this this is the first Beavis and Butthead short, basically. Yeah, it is. It's the first introduction. It's like uh, them. It's exactly what it sounds like. Like if you know anything about Beavis and Butthead and frog baseball, yeah. that there you go. Right. So but they didn't have like obviously the segment where they watch MTV videos. No, 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 no. Because I, I assume that was like specifically um, done for. For MTV, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's so interesting. So like Mike Judge, he just so he makes these cartoons. And just by himself, doing everything, drawing, voicing, writing, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts just, like, mailing them out to people, right? And he, like, hears back from Comedy Central in a week, you know, after sending them his first... Really? Wow, yeah. I think I read that. It was just so compelling. Yeah. (laughs) He, like, he's just immediately... And that's the thing, is, like, he's just so talented, but, like, he did put the work in, obviously, but he's so good that it just, like... Yeah, he just obviously. Decided yeah. to do it, and he did it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> because, as I mentioned, I I risk getting lost in all the minutia. Uh, I'm gonna call it minutia of Beavis and Butthead yeah. and King of the Hill. <laughs> okay, go for it. No, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm gonna get. I, oh. I will get lost in that. So I'm actually just gonna gloss over this period. <laughs> So right. Okay. So, but you know, the idea is he makes Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and yes. Butthead uh, is on MTV, and I I think it's just really funny that like it's it sort of mocks the whole idea of MTV like at the same time. Yeah, that's what it does. It's it's so good because it's it's just making fun of MTV and it's making fun of people who watch MTV. Yeah, on it's MTV. on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but apparently Judge, like, hated the first two episodes. This is all I'll say about Beavis and Butthead. Apparently right, he hated yeah. the first two episodes, and he was like, I don't understand how anybody could like that show based on just that. Like, mm. I don't remember the first two episodes, but I do think that show, some episodes, are borderline genius. But, again, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about King of the Hill and Beavis <laughs> and Butthead. We can move on now because, um... Uh, chronologically, we are now at the beginning of the development of Office Space. Nice. Hello, listeners. Do you guys know we're on uh, places that you can follow us? You can find us on Instagram at Crane Kick Commentaries. Uh, we are on Twitter at Kick underscore Crane. We are also on several platforms, such as Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, many others. Yes, I've I've graduated. I've matured, let's say, um, in our outlines to to calling um, the development period what it, the actual title, which is development. I used to just call what did pre- we call it for production pre production. No, I wrote production. Okay, but it is also pre-production, though. I know, but not production. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> as we've already covered, a lot of the conceptual yeah, I, I, I'm, work. I'm not sure we need to go into the minutia of how we format these outlines. <laughs> really, you don't think that's you don't think that's riveting content? <laughs> you don't think that's the stuff that people want to hear? Um, yeah. So yeah, the the. 
as we've mentioned, a lot of the conceptual stuff uh, was already around in the in the early '90s, since the early '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go a little bit more into the details of that. Uh, like for Milton, for example, um, the the inspiration for this character was a coworker who Judge had in the logistics department of an engineering firm in San Diego. Um, this person threatened to quit if they moved his desk one more time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is... that's that's like exactly th- what happens in the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it's that's you know, art imitates life and all that. I was going to ask yeah. you a question though. Um, what what's a logistics department? I feel like I've heard that thrown around so many times, but I don't really know what. Okay, what they do logistics is like. <laughs> it's like moving things around. You know okay. what I mean? It's no. like um it, on what scale? Well, it's like deliveries and things like that. Oh, right. Like literally moving things around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I I don't know much about it. Like I've Okay. (laughs) We can move on. (laughs) I've never been in a logistics department. No. Yeah. I just thought you might have been around one. You're more likely to have been um, around one. Yeah. Um, Like, I guess, yeah, they must be the people that, like, deal with, like, you know, deliveries and, like, um, sending things. I won't force you to speculate any further on what the logistics department does. Um, Yeah. What will, I read something great that Mike Judge was saying about uh, the Milton character. Oh, that's right. He got he got into like a conversation with this person about like um, the desk being moved. He just like made some offhand comment, and then the person like opened up to him in like a rage fueled tirade or something. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was great. It's like this character already exists. Like we don't. I don't know if Mike Judge should like this person needs compensation. Yeah, well, there's probably not just one of these people. <laughs> like, yeah, this no. is an archetype. Yeah, exactly, totally. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just burn I'll just burn the building down. Put Street Nine in the coffee. Through <laughs> 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 red swing line, the red swing line staple. It's my staple. So yeah, as I mentioned, the uh, the whole autobiographical aspect just becomes deeper and deeper the more you look at it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty obvious. <laughs> like one of uh, while he was still struggling to pay rent and like working as like an engineer or whatever, uh, yeah, like Judge had a neighbor, uh, who he was kind of friends with, who mm-hmm. was like yeah. a motorcycle. <laughs> Lawrence, me- yeah, a mo- he was friends with Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, he had a buddy who was a motorcycle mechanic who was like doing really well and like not struggling to pay his rent at all and like loving life. Yeah, meanwhile. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, you know, Mike Judge maybe doing a master's degree or whatever is probably, like, yeah. contributing to that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, but anyway, uh, that is one of the things that I kind of, that kind of question, that I've kind of found a little bit questionable about, like, the film. Uh-huh. Was, was that, um, because 1999 was, like, the, the, like, Deep in the fucking dot com bubble. That's yeah. And so I'm questioning like I think that, you know the the guys working in tech at that time probably were not worried about their paycheck as much. 
Yeah, that's what I was kind of going to say. But I mean, I think part of that has to do with, you know, a judge's experience was a bit before that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I think, I th- like, the actual s- specifics don't necessarily make sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's again more about the atmosphere and the like. They could be doing anything. Yeah, exactly. They're just the point is they yeah. they do some behind the scenes job that they like. Yeah, exactly. They're easy. They're they're easily replaceable grunts to the higher up. And I mean, I don't know yes. why I'm explaining yeah, yeah. the the atmosphere of office space to you. Like you get it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know. Um. Yeah. Like yeah, Lawrence, real guy. Um. Not named Lawrence though. I don't know what his real name was. But by 1996, uh, which again speaks to like Mike Judge's power. Um, yeah, he had a deal. So was he already like working on Office? Like when did Beavis and Butthead come out? Beavis and Butthead. So 1992 was the first right, Beavis and yeah. Butthead cartoon. Like the was the original cartoon. I think right because I'm thinking like was he already working on Office Space like when he was doing that like when he was working on bs and butthead no i don't think so um okay. no, in fact no he wasn't working on the film right. office space like the atmosphere right but I i'm saying like was he like coming up with the script and stuff like that i don't know i i don't maybe, I, I, don't know. I don't think maybe but okay here's why i don't think so um is because apparently um there was a producer at 20th century fox who oh, okay. was very keen on doing a film based on the milton character Right, okay, yeah. Um, so, like, maybe... I mean, we don't know, obviously, all the details. So, like, maybe... Yeah. So, but essentially, by 1996, Beavis and Butthead was massive. Huge, yeah. So, yeah. So, I assume he was getting all sorts of calls from all sorts of people. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, made, a, he made a deal with 20th Century Fox um, to, make, to make a film, uh, to make Office Space... But it, it was still an early, uh, like it wasn't Office Space at that point. It was just a, a film based yeah. on Milton. <laughs> but it, Judge didn't really think the film should focus on just the character, um, mm-hmm. and he was like, it should be an ensemble ca- cast. So again, that's yeah, which you know, kind of what he what he ended up doing. Yeah, which is I think for the best. Yeah, so I guess maybe that does imply that maybe yeah. he was thinking about it beforehand. Yeah, and I I do actually so want to point right. out that kind of it. Uh, it's not just about, like, The Office, because you also have Jennifer Aniston's character. Yeah, that's true. Who kind of shows the exact same thing in, like, a different job. Totally. Like, yeah, she's... Yeah. The whole point of her character... Well, not the whole point, but, like, a, a good thing that it does is emphasize that it's, like, it, it's... There's it's, parallels. Yeah, it's, there's, yeah, there's parallels in different different fields of work. Yeah. Like, you know. It, it's more about the characters than it is the actual things that they're doing. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> At this point, he didn't have anyone uh, for the cast, t- t- like, picked out, um, except mm-hmm. for David Herman as Michael Bolton. He, he Michael w- Bolton? <laughs> Michael Bolton? Like, like the singer? <laughs> are you by any chance... I love Michael Bolton. Are you by any chance related? <laughs> Such a stupid I question. Love Michael I love Bolton. that. I know it's so dumb. <laughs> What's your favorite Michael Bolton song? I'd say that all of them yeah. are equally great. I said I like Michael Bolton for them. 
<laughs> <laughs> that is also such a great detail. His like gangster. Oh rap. god, <laughs> just I know it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good, and I think I think. You know why should I have to change my name? He's the one that like he's the one that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's great in that role. He's one of the best parts of the movie, I think. Really. Um, oh yeah, he's fantastic. He just he nails it. Uh, and he was cast early on. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about David Herman a little bit because I think he's fucking hilarious. Do you know anything about his career? Not too much, actually. Um, he was on King of the Hill. <laughs> Right. Okay. I won't. Talk. Is he just like? Is he one of the guys in Mike Judge's orbit? Yeah. He. Well, he was because of this. That's 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 why. But um, okay. he was one of the original cast members of Mad T Mad TV's sketch comedy series, nineteen ninety five. I believe it came out. Um, but he really, really, really wanted out of that contract. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> desperately, but and he was in there for seven years. Um, Brutal. Yeah. But Matt TV wouldn't let him out of the contract. So he tells a story where apparently he went to a table read and literally screamed all of his lines until they had enough and fired him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking funny. Like, what is that? That's like, a, that's a cartoon. Yeah, I know. That's this movie. Yeah. And they fired him with malice, saying he would never work in the business again. Right. And, he, and then Mike Judge promptly hired him. Hired him, yeah, as King of the Hill. And actually, it wasn't Mike Judge that hired him. It was, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Greg Daniels? I don't know. I think is the other guy who does King of the Hill. I think it's Greg Daniels. He's a huge TV guy. He hired, um... Uh, David Herman. I think I think this is kind of where the tension in the project because there's always some tension. Yeah. Between the creative types in the studio. It's as old as time. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Um. In this case, because it was a low budget film, uh, the executives. This is so great. Like I I had no idea until I was looking this up. Um. The film executives really wanted to go with star power um, <laughs> because it's a low-budget film, and that's how you do it, right? When you've got a low-budget film. Yeah, and you don't... but I mean, that's how a low-budget film is low-budget, is it doesn't have stars in it. Well, yeah, it, it does seem a bit paradoxical, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like... So they wanted to hire specifically Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? <laughs> yeah. Who had just come off, you know, wildly successful film Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, like they were that which was... they wrote and starred in. Yeah, they were I don't I don't know how they could have like they would have cost 10 million dollars the pair, wouldn't they have? Well, I mean, maybe not because like the thing is they were fairly new stars is the thing. I suppose that's true, yeah. Because they just yeah, it just came out, it's true. Yeah. Um but yeah, that he wanted that pair, so just imagine the world. Where Matt Damon? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's. A... I, th- I think it probably would have been okay. Actually, it would have been fine. It would have been. It would have been a different movie. It would have been fine for sure. Yeah, I think it would have. Um, it would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you know they kind of compromised that like Barney Jennifer Aniston who had like a bit of clout. Basically, at the time. I think that's basically what happened. And she was probably cheaper because she hadn't been in so many films at the time. Exactly. I think she was an excellent compromise. 
Yeah, no, no. She was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but Judge was not pleased with the idea of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He said, this is a quote from him, he said, quote, unquote, suddenly there was pressure. They didn't like the actors I wanted. I came close to backing out. I told producer Michael Rottenberg, let me know when it's too late to leave. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, whoa. So this is a, you... this is an interesting bit about that. Uh, Are you talking about, like, the producer's response? Yeah, so speaking about this, like, the producer was saying, like, I'd signed Mike Judge as a client before Beavis and Butthead premiered on MTV. Characters are, like, real are like real people to him so fox wanting matt damon was hard when mike was saying but peter doesn't have star energy which is so true (laughs) so true like peter is just like some unassuming dude is the point yeah yeah um but he's just some guy yeah he's just some some dude and he's just got some guy energy like ron livingston has such some guy energy. What else has Ron Livingston been in? Because I feel like... I don't even know. That's the I've whole seen... point. He was in... Swingers? Known for being in Office Space. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Apparently, um, he was in Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. couple things. couple but things. But most of it is post-Office Space. Yeah, it's... Pretty much all post office space. Yeah. So, but apparently they did actually like arrange a meeting between that David and Mike Judge. Yes, they did. Which is a meeting I would like to sit in on, to be honest. Okay, so if 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 Matt Damon was supposed to be Peter, who was Ben Affleck supposed to be? Milton. <laughs> no. Maybe he was Michael Bolton. Did have we mentioned Stephen Root yet? No, but we will. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I think is that in the. I thing? think he's about to come Cause, up. Yeah. Okay, because we gotta talk about him because he's so yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Michael Bolton for Ben Affleck. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, he'd already I cast could... Mike David Herman. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I can see. I could maybe see Matt Damon. As no, I could see Matt Damon. He he'd be fine. As Peter, yeah. Yeah. Um. Ben Affleck is Michael Bolton's a lot harder for me. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that. Ben Probably Affleck is obviously. Bill Lumberg. <laughs> Although he probably would have been too Actually, young at the time for that. Yeah, he would have been too young. Now um, he could do it probably. Yeah, he or could definitely. Maybe not. Yeah. Has his soul been too broken from Batman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so where were we? Uh, yeah, so we're talking about uh, they, oh, yeah, a meeting was arranged. A meeting was uh, arranged. Matt Damon and Mike Judge. They were. They went to the meeting, uh, or like. Uh, Mike Judge flew to New York uh, to meet with Matt Damon. Right, so clearly like, Matt Damon was interested in doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, why not? You know, yeah. it's a lead comedy 20th Century Fox film. Yeah. Guy who's got a hit MTV show. Yeah, also, I mean, Damon was kind of into doing, like, you know, sort of lower-budget independent movies at the time. Yeah, I'm he was to in think what else. some of the Kevin Smith movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I totally forgot he was in those Mike Smith Kevin Smith movies. Kevin Smith, Mike Smith. <laughs> Wait, who's Mike Smith? Mike Smith is a person, definitely. Oh, Mike Smith is the goalie for the the, um, <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's who he is. Yeah, he's the, he's the goalie for the Edmonton Oilers. Shout yeah. out Mike Smith. Zeno, um, yeah. So Kevin's 
so so Kevin Smith. Matt Damon had been in some Kevin Smith. I believe actually in 1999 he did Dogma, which was a Kevin Smith movie. Well, there you go. Yeah, which so was I think was probably not... one of the most expensive Kevin Smith movies that were made. And I don't know if that, that was a movie, success actually. or not, but you know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were both in it. Really, I don't know that I've seen that movie. You should watch it. It's good. I will. Um, so at this meeting, uh, I'm trying to get through this goddamn meeting. <laughs> yeah, things were going on in 1989. Yeah, including uh, Ron Livingston auditioning for the role of Peter uh, and absolutely nailing it. Um, yeah, he definitely while... has the perfect energy for the yeah, role. I think, I think he even said himself in like an interview later, like, "Yeah, I nailed it." <laughs> I nailed yeah. that that audition, and the uh, casting director Nancy Clopper um, FedExed Mike Judge a VH, VHS copy of Livingston's audition while he was in New York, mm. um, which he watched just before he sat down with Matt Damon. Oh, so he and, was already like, "No, nah, I'm not. I don't want you." <laughs> like, yeah, he was like, "I already nope. know who I want." <laughs> but he yeah, said, I mean, I guess they might as well do the meeting, right? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. there. You're in New York. Yeah. Um, he said, quote unquote, I could make this movie today with Ron. <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't say that to Damon, though. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no. Uh, he said that to uh, Nancy Clopper, right. the casting director. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, okay, I so mean, we, we kind of alluded to this before, but so because they didn't have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, they needed star power somewhere. Yes, it had to come <laughs> from somewhere. So, yeah, so they were like, okay, Jennifer Aniston. So perfect. Uh, yeah. She was well known, but she was not a uh, a star in cinema yet. Yes. Did you uh did you see that David Her- David Herman had a great quote which she follows up to. Um uh, thanks to her her star power, a bunch of unknowns were in the movie. Would never happen today. <laughs> <laughs> That's David Herman saying that. David Herman, yeah. And then she responded. Uh, fun fact, I'd gone to high school in New York with David Herman. I was a sophomore when he was a senior. He was a quiet genius actor type back then. I was sort of madly in love with him and also terrified of him. That is huh, such that's, a... that's interesting. <laughs> that's like... <laughs> that's a great thought. Yeah, that's... A... <laughs> just, that's just a great thought. Yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, that's kind of where like essentially like my research devolved into just reading this one Entertainment Weekly interview because yeah. it had just such great information. So basically, everything else I have for the development section here is just quotes from the. Yeah. Okay. The, so uh, an- another uh, good quote is uh, from Nancy Clopper about you know some other people who might have been in this movie but ended up not being. So both Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn both auditioned for Peter's neighbor, Lawrence. But Diedrich Bader brought something special to it. Which is, I, you know... Yeah, Owen no, that's about I think I would be... It would be very... I think Owen Wilson would bring something special to it, but it would definitely be different. Yeah. Whereas I think Vince Vaughn would be more along the lines of it. Of yeah, what was I could see... Up, yeah. I could see Vince Vaughn and... and uh, uh, Diedrich? Diedrich? D- I, I don't, Diedrich? Diedrich? I'm going to say Diedrich. Cedric, they they have a similar uh, vibe, just in persona, yeah. in like countenance. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Owen Wilson yeah. would be strange. That would be weird. <laughs> it would uh, be interesting. Be really I'd weird. like to see that. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a small role, but it'd still be 
Yeah. It's totally weird. Yeah. And then the, there's this whole thing with uh, AJ Nadu, the guy who played Samir. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't really get this whole this whole thing. I just don't get it. What? That uh, Mike Judge originally wanted the character to be Iranian. And, um, yeah. So he met with uh, the actor, AJ, who is Indian-American, and he asked him what he was comfortable with. And then they decided to make the character Middle Eastern from Jordan. And, Which uh, is really... So, okay, because AJ did not want Samir to sound Indian, so he worked with a Arabic dialect coach so that he could have a correct Arabic, Arabic Jordanian accent. Well, yeah. Which is like... Why did you, you do all of this? I don't. I don't know. It was probably worth it. I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I. I. Well, I mean, I guess the idea is like he, Judge, probably, like, didn't want to make him do an accent that he think he he didn't think he could do. That's I I I yeah. That's I totally understand that. I just mean yeah. like a. Why does he have to do an accent at all? Well, I think it kind of makes sense for the character though. Yeah, I suppose. Because the character's supposed to be an immigrant, right? I suppose. Yeah, you're right. We've had this conversation before. It just, This whole conversation just seems unnecessarily complicated when it comes to, like, accents. and. Like... Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. It seems like he, he, he put in the work and tried to make it authentic, at least. I, I appreciate that. You yeah. Know, genuinely, like, it's like, at least, you know, he's, like, trying to be, trying to be, you know, good, not, or authentic, rather. Yeah. Um... But yeah, anyway, like that's basically it for development. From then on, they kind of move into the actual production, um, which we will discuss more next, next week. week. Yes. So, uh, but before we, that, yes, though, yes, we have a segment. One more segment for you. Before, just something fun to leave you with. Something fun to leave you with. So welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. This is the uh, the segment where we talk about Star Trek and how this movie is connected to it. <laughs> this is going to be a good one because I actually I was saying to you earlier today that I, I I didn't even consider once any connections, and this is like a small budget movie with a bunch of nobodies in it. So, which is exactly the kind of movie you would expect to find people from Star Trek. In. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, Bunch of rant. Working actors, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth, yes. Um, so, once again, we try to find degrees of connection between this movie and some sort of Star Trek screen piece. So. Yes. Uh, we already mentioned one connection. Last week, uh, which we don't need to repeat because I have three new connections. Oh, yes, the Gary Cole connection. Yes, yeah, so we mentioned Gary Cole, who plays Bill Lumberg in this, who's fantastic. Uh, right. Right. You don't need those TPS reports. You forgot the cover sheet. 
Did you get that? Did you memo? Get a, yeah, did you get a memo? <laughs> I'll make sure to send you the memo. Okay? I'll make sure you get a copy of that memo. I, I have it right here. <laughs> but anyway, Gary Cole, we talked about him. You can watch or listen to last week's episode. Or, sorry, last episode, not last week's episode. Um, so, the first connection we have is Diedrich Bader. Oh, yeah. So, he plays Wait Peter's for- neighbor. He is in and the he's... season two episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Next Generation. I thought it was um, Deep Space Nine, but... Mm, not that I... I mean, he could have... I didn't see that. That's Maybe... what I... That, that's rather what I would have guessed. Right. So, okay. No, he was not in that. He was in a season two episode of... Star Trek The Next Generation called The Emissary in 1989. He played a random tactical crewman on the bridge. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, He's if like... You, if you go on uh, Memory Alpha, you can find a screen grab of him in that role. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he's like a character actor who's been around. Like, I've seen him yeah. a number of times in, yeah. in various... Also, this was 10 years before this movie. Yeah, exactly. So. And he must have looked... He was a bit younger looking. But I mean, also in this movie, he was like made up a bit. Yeah. And I think I think this movie kind of like inspired future casting yeah, definitely. decisions for him. Yeah. Hey, Peter, channel nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, man, you're I want you ruin in my life, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the first connection. Then we have Steven Root. Who plays Milton? What? Yes. We 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 didn't talk about nearly enough this oh, episode. Oh yeah, we did. We will we'll talk next about him more episode. next episode. Okay, but we're going to talk we'll, a little we'll... bit about him now. Yes. So, he was in two episodes of TNG in season five, the nineteen ninety one episodes Unification Part One and Two. Really? He played the Klingon Captain Kavada. That's oh, probably I do why remember you didn't that. Notice. Yeah. No, but, but I him. do. I do. I do know that because I'm also very, yeah. I'm distinctly aware of Steven Root uh, because he's also a main cast member on uh, King of the Hill. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, he was in Star Trek Next Generation, two Season episodes. Five. Two Season episodes. five. Were they back-to-back? Yes. See, uh, Unification uh, Part 1 and 2. You played right, the same yeah. role. Yeah. Okay. So the next one we have here. Uh, you sound excited about this one. Yeah, but only because of the person that it is. <laughs> Paul Wilson. Uh, oh yeah, I saw, I saw the name Paul Wilson, and I thought yeah, that was so fucking hilarious. Good friend of mine is named Paul Wilson, and uh, when I was at school, um, we had a joke about the name Paul Wilson with two L's. Because <laughs> he's one anyway. L. It's it's it. See, so he has one L. My friend has one L. His name is also Paul Wilson. Yes. Shout out Paul if you're listening. Yes, I- <laughs> yeah, if you're out there, Paul, I worked the same job as you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was just a really dumb joke where we'd always say, like, you know, some offensive shit <laughs> about Paul. And then we're like, no, no, we're talking about the other Paul with two L's. Oh, so you've shit talked this Paul Wilson, like, <laughs> extensively? Yeah. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> So now it's time. Now it's time for you to really face up to what you've actually said about this Paul Wilson. So yeah, who is the, who is Double L Paul Wilson? Uh, Paul Wilson is is one of the Bobs. Which one? Uh okay. Which <laughs> he he's not the one yeah. who's in Scrubs. Yeah, he's not that one. He's uh... <laughs> his name is like 
something else. Anyway, he's not the one that was in Scrubs. Yeah. Okay, so he played Bob Porter, not Bob Slidell. Ah, yes, that... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he was one of the Bobs. John C. McGinley is the one who was in Yeah, I don't think we kind of um, touched on this, but basically the Bobs in this movie are consultants who come to the company to... To, to figure out who is expendable so that he can fire them to save money. But, yeah. <laughs> and they do an excellent job by promoting uh, They They promote Peter. Peter, and then they fire his friends, who are Samir and Michael. Michael <laughs> Bolton. Anyway, so he was in the season seven episode of Star Trek Voyager, The Void. The Void? Wait. Yes. Season seven episode. Yes. Go on. So he played Lokar, who is an alien in makeup. Yeah. And so they they were they were members of the hierarchy. Yeah. I I, do do you mean to summarize the episode here? No, no, you don't need to summarize the episode. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just check it out if you're if you're into Star Trek Voyager. You want to see Paul Wilson with two L's. Double Will Paul Wilson. Double Will, double L Paul Wilson. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Paul Wilson. What's up there, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the three direct connections that I have for this movie. And there's even a fourth one, which we didn't discuss because we talked about it before. Because, yeah, Gary and Cole. There might even be more, but I stopped looking after this. There's probably more now that you yeah. mention it. Yeah, because it's yeah. just like, yeah. Working actors, man. Yeah, working actors. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Um... Yeah. So yeah, uh, we will. I think that's that's the end of this episode. That yeah, that'll sum us finish we'll come us up for this right week. Right back at you next week with some more production. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Stephen Root. Yeah, we'll talk some about Stephen Root. We'll talk and about we the truth. Even... We'll get to the truth. We'll get to the truth. Uh, we might talk some more about technical details of film and crap, maybe. Yeah, and I might have some questions for you about software. Okay, I'll do my best to answer them. All right. I guess I'll I'll, I'll, I'll play us out. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster-ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangster-ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth because real gangster-ass niggas don't start fights. And niggas always got a high cap. Showing all his boys how we shot him. But real gangsta-ass niggas don't flex nuts Cause real gangsta-ass niggas know they got em. And everything's cool in the mind of a gangster Cause gangsta-ass niggas think deep Up 365 AM 24-7 Cause real gangsta-ass niggas don't sleep And all I gotta say to you Wanna be, gonna be cocksucker pussy pranksters Is when the fire dies down What the fuck you gonna do? Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> Drop top bends, hitting switches in my black 6'4 
Now gangsta ass niggas come in all shapes and colors Some got killed in the past But this gangsta here was a smart one Started living for the Lord and I last Now all I gotta say to you wanna be gonna be Pussy and cocksucking pranksters When the shit jumps off what the fuck you gonna do? Damn it feels good to be a gangster